right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 133 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, I hope you enjoy this show. Please subscribe and consider rating the show if the app that you're using will allow you to rate the show. And also, please consider sharing the news of the Ranting Weight Watcher with anyone you know that might be in the same position we are in that might benefit from this message. I have a lot to talk about today. So, let's get into this! Journey Updates I am down point two this week. For the month of March, so far, down 2.8 pounds. Total loss since January 2019 is 154.8 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 175-pound milestone is 20.2 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone is 45.2 pounds. We finished up week 18 of my consistency challenge with a success. So we keep it full steam ahead. We're aiming for 24 weeks at six months of this plan that we created. um, So, so long ago, it feels at this point where we were going to get, make five workouts a week consistent. And I wanted three of them to be outdoor walks. And I wanted two of them to be Leslie Sandstone workouts. We are on our way Almost six months, and I could call this consistent, and we're going to move on. Now for week 19, I have no changes planned. We're just going to keep it going full steam ahead. This is a relatively big deal for me because I went through these transitions here. And it's funny how things change in your mind and how when you begin the journey, you have one set of mind of goals in mind and how those things change. And I'm not even just talking about scale goals here. I'm talking about when I get their goals. Okay. So I always had these goals of when I got to my goal weight, I would do this, that, and whatever. And they've kind of changed a little bit. And part of that goal, part of that change is you hearing me right now. My visions 
of becoming a goal weight was me becoming a coach for WW. And as I progressed through the journey, I always saw that as something that I might end up doing. When COVID hit, I realized it was almost like at the end of The Wizard of Oz, when they see the wizard and how it all happens, it kind of ruined the allure, right? And when COVID came and all of the virtuals were introduced and they encouraged you to go to as many virtual meetings as you wanted, I found myself using the virtuals to keep my mind off of eating. And that was the tool I used. But I also found out in that moment that every single coach, every single workshop of every single day was saying the same exact message for that week. And this was a big moment for me, like a almost a disappointing moment to see that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily genuine a message from the coach it was an improved message from corporate that was being delivered and i don't know what i thought prior to that but slowly but surely as i learned this about the company i noticed other things especially with my former coach Terry, I knew what she believed. You know, from personal conversations with her, I knew the things she believed heavily in. One of those things was drinking water. And I'll never forget that there was one workshop where they were making it okay not to drink water. Basically, that was the gist of the message. It wasn't delivered that way, but you know, I give you things in much less words. They like to fill things with a bunch of eloquent words and make you feel warm and fuzzy. I use as little words as possible and make you feel the exact opposite of warm and fuzzy. I make you feel like there's a fire under your ass so you get up and move. That's my style. That's what I do. But this was another thing that, because I watched my coach, my mentor, deliver a message she didn't necessarily believe in. And it bothered me. And I began to not see myself in the position of being a coach anymore. In the process of going through COVID, that time period where we were all locked in the house and everything, I also besides battling trying to stay away from the refrigerator, I also found an overconfidence in my success. I started to feel above other people. And so I didn't feel accountable in those me in those workshops anymore. And I'm not saying it's right to feel what I felt. I'm just telling you what I felt. And so I had to invent some way to make myself accountable 
really quickly because I did not like this feeling I was having. And so the podcast was born. The, you know the story about how the name came about, but the podcast that it became after that was all about creating accountability in my life again. So as I'm learning and doing things more and more and and creating more success for myself, you hear that message in the workshops or in the coaches you speak to. Sometimes you got to change things up. Sometimes you got to do things differently. It's a different way of saying exactly kind of what I'm going through. But my, my quest has been all about knowledge, learning, education. Learning as much as I could possibly learn of what I didn't know. Because when you don't know something, when you don't know how to do something, and you try to do it, you pay the stupid tax. There's a, a financial guy that I listen to. His name is Dave Ramsey. And he wrote a book about um, basically achieving financial independence. I can't remember the name of the book now. Money Makeover, Full Money Makeover, something like that by Dave Ramsey. He has a show on Sirius XM that you can listen to daily. And he just talks about getting out of debt and being financially stable. But he always used to say that and when he tells his story about how he became in debt and then got himself out of debt, he would tell the story basically every time he did something wrong, he was paying the stupid tax for what he didn't know. And it's, it makes a lot of sense because when you don't know, it doesn't matter what the topic is. So in our case, our topic is becoming healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. We pay the stupid tax for the things we don't know. And so... We are guided in a certain way. We're, giving some, we're given some guidelines and some rules and some fundamentals for whichever plan we choose to use. And we do those fundamentals to the best of our ability. They teach us a bunch of things to get us on our way, but we have to learn what we need to learn to continue. I have told you this over the past few weeks. One of the major things I've learned is the true reason to saying the scale doesn't define me. Now, a lot of people say that, the scale doesn't define me, but they don't say it with the same ideology that I'm saying it. They say it in spite of the result on the scale. That's what they're saying it as. They're, tell, they're saying it like an affirmation. The scale doesn't define me because they are not in agreement with what the result is on that scale. And, but when I say the scale does not define me, it's because I know it's only one sentence in a novel about your nutrition. But we are taught to value this number. And all the time we, we go in, we step on the scale and that scale is the result of our work, the result of our work. And I realized quickly when my work became steady and consistent, the results still changed. It went the wrong way. It went the right way. It went whatever way it wanted to go. 
it was at this moment that I realized the scale really doesn't define me. In matter of fact, my work defines me more than the scale does. And let's think about that for a second here. That scale number. If I told you in, in the room next to you, wherever you are right now, in the room that you can't see in too, with the door shut, there are two men in the room. One of them weighs 200 pounds. The other one weighs 250. I ask you to assume which one is the healthier one. Based on what we are taught, we are taught, oh, hey, look, the 250-pound guy is heavier, so he's got to be less healthy. But now, with a few more details, because remember, I told you the scale result is just one line, one sentence in a novel. But here's another sentence. The 200-pound guy is 40% body fat. And the 250-pound guy is 12% body fat. Now, who is the healthy guy? Do we see... This is what I mean when I say the scale means nothing. Because until we learn body composition and the true meaning of what's going on in your body and we're paying attention to the one thing that probably matters the least. But what, what good is being 200 pounds if 40%, so let's say, let's make it even, 50% is fat. So what good is being 200 pounds if you're carrying 100 pounds of fat? What good is it? It's no good. It's about the composition more than the complete result. And as time progressed, I hit the 150-pound mark, and here I've been dancing between 145, let's say, and 158 for the past year. In May, it will be a year, I believe, if I'm going off the top of my head here, but in May, it will be a year since I hit the 150 mark. I've been dancing around in this area for a year. And it's not because I'm doing things differently. I'm doing things exactly the same. So here is when the coaches would say, hey, look, maybe you got to change some things up. And they're not wrong in what they're saying. But their, their method of the way they say it leads to guesswork. That's not my method. My method is let me figure out something Something solid to chase here and figure out what's going on. And so the introduction of that book comes into my life. Finding my macro type and feeding my body based on my body's nutritional needs, not what my tongue is pleased by. We got ourselves in the positions that we are in because we love to please the tongue when we sit down to eat. That's the reason why we're all here. That's the reason you hear my voice. And we think we can get to where we're going and have a balanced life by continuing that behavior. Now, calm down a minute. I'm not telling you you can never please your tongue again. 
what I'm telling you is, as often as you do it, it's too much. And based on the information that came from this book, I'm starting to realize just how much. So as I transition into learning how to count macros, I decided I would take the first week or two and create a baseline. What does that mean? That means I would eat everything just as I have been for the past year. And I would track it in a new application that counts macros for me. That is showing me the effect of, on my macros that is what I have been eating for the past year. Or really more than that. But I say for the past year because I hit the 150 charm almost a year ago. That's the only reason. And even in regards to food, we are taught to, we're paying attention to one item. So in our case, we're on Weight Watchers, we pay attention to points. And we are taught that the lower the points, the healthier the food is. Which I'm sure is partially true. And in the other rest of the world, there's people that pay attention to calories. And calories, again, is just one line item of what constitutes food. So just like before, when I was talking about body composition, what I'm learning now is the composition of the food that I eat is just as, if not even more important than my body's composition. In the process of creating the baseline, I fully intend next week to have a week's worth of data to give you the full-on report. Everything I've been eating for how long and how it affects my journey based on a macro level. And I will also compare it to the Weight Watcher level. I'll show you what the same day tracked in Weight Watchers Versus the same day tracked in a macro counting app. But in the quest of learning more about the food that I eat. I found myself researching the items that I I do like to eat. And being surprised. Being surprised in ways that I didn't realize I would be surprised. We're taught, we are taught to believe certain things are good for us. Good source of protein. Good, this is a great source of protein. This is a great source of those good fats you need. We don't question things. We just, okay, I'll buy some. We don't realize that the people that are telling us this are the people that have the most to gain from us buying them. Or they were paid by the people selling the things that we are being told is beneficial. In my quest to learn about macros, I learned that I should be living a high-protein, moderately low-carb diet or a life. Okay? 
And I, I honestly believed I was already living that life. And in the process, I've also learned that I am not living that life by any stretch of the imagination. As I learn the true composition of the food I eat, I am also learning that. So I started to do some research to learn what are some high-protein foods that I can start to supplement as part of my day. So I got this article here from Healthline.com. And the title of the article is 16 Delicious High-Protein Foods. Now, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you about some of the foods on that show on this list. But this is one of the things that I was already eating that I, I probably will not be going much further with. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. Donato, this is your friend Elizabeth Soule from Seattle, Washington. I listened to your podcast this week, and I heard you at the end when you said every other episode is really a pouring into everybody else. But at this time, with this significant change you're making, you could use a little extra encouragement. And it occurred to me that your creed has been something that has helped me along my way more times than I could count. And I thought since you have poured it into me over 132 episodes, that I would take a minute to give it back to you. Uh, I hope that you hear these words uh, in a fresh way for the challenge that you are taking on with starting a new um, program, new protocol, um, while having really done a lot of great work already to stabilize your habits and make changes in your life. I totally believe in you, and I just wanted to remind you of these words. Nothing can stand in your way because you choose to be unstoppable. Your challenges crumble in your presence because you choose strength when you are weak. Your insecurities have no power over your life because you choose confidence in the face of fear. You own every one of your mistakes because you choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because you move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because you see solutions instead of problems. The demons of your past can no longer torment you because you choose to renew your mind daily. All things are possible as long as you believe because if God is for you, who can be against you? This is the decreed you declare each day. It is about what you do, not what you say. You will learn the work that needs to be done. You will never stop, even when you've won. You will work consistently, no matter the cost. You refuse to believe that all hope is lost. You will work when you want to. You will work when you don't. You will work when they are cheering. You will work when they won't. You will work when it's easy. You will work when it's hard. The atonements that you've made are made with no regard 
You will work when it's cold. You will work when it's hot. Because choices have consequences, justified or not. When you think you know it all, you'll start back at one. Regardless of what you think, the work is never done. From this moment forward, when times are tough, you choose to believe that you are enough. There is no one more capable than you to learn the new information you need to learn to continue making progress to get to your next goal. I know that you'll get there. I'll be celebrating with you and just lean on the support of myself and so many others whom you've helped along the way. It's pretty cool at this time when you need that extra encouragement to get to your next goal marker to know that there are so many surrounding you to support you on your way. And that's just one of the beautiful things about life. I just thank you again for the impact that you've made in my life. I continue to look forward to uh, your content and just following along your journey and all the things that I'll be learning along with you. Uh, I appreciate you so much, you and your family who supports you as you do this work each week. Um, God bless. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Donato, this is Cynthia calling from Elena. I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you for all you do, seen and unseen, to help us and motivate us. This past episode has especially touched my heart because I feel like I'm in the edge of greatness as well. I have had a conviction, and it comes and goes, that there is more than counting points. There is more than just going from day to day. The topic hits close to home because two weeks ago I started thinking, what if I count my macros? What if I make sure that my protein, my fat, my carb is balanced? What would happen? And when you said that it's going to be a sacrifice for you, but the reward's going to be great, that also made a big impact uh, in my life. So I'm taking it week by week. So two weeks ago I started. Last week I discovered that, and I haven't compared as deeply as you have, so I appreciate the resources you offered um, as far as the app that will count the points, the calories, the macros. Um, but last week, with the resources I had, I discovered that I'm low in calories. So, like, the points might be okay, but the calories are kind of low. So, uh, this weekend is going to be all about getting my numbers correctly prepping my food, setting up a menu, and just facing this head-on. I find that for me, the benefits of being knowledgeable about those percentages really fuel my lifestyle. My conviction is that I get to fuel my healthy lifestyle, not my stress. For years, I fueled my stress. I made excuses, and that's not who I am, and that's not who I want to be. So I just want to say thank you so kindly for what you do for your encouragement. I appreciate the fact that you are very transparent. Um, you are a great motivator, and I do pray that your not only your dreams will come true, but as you help us, as you bless us, I pray that God will just overwhelm you with blessings as well. Take care. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me.
and that is the Kirkland Protein Bar. The Kirkland Protein Bar um, was four points on Weight Watchers. And as I tracked it into the new app, I realized, okay, it's got 21 grams of protein. Not too bad. That's pretty good, right? 190 calories. Again, not too, not too bad. For a protein bar, it's, it's kind of satisfying. It's got 7 grams of fat. So 21 grams of protein, 7 grams of fat. 10 grams of fiber. Carbohydrates, 22 grams. How is this a protein bar if the highest composition comes from carbohydrates? How do we get away with calling this a protein bar if the majority of the composition is carbohydrates? So this led me down this road of doing research. So this article from Healthline.com, 16 delicious high-protein foods. One of the items on that list we're all told about at some point in our journey. What do, we tell, what do they tell us about almonds? It's a great source of protein, almonds, and a great source of those good fats that your body needs. So for the hell of it, I look in the macro app that I'm using. And I look up, I just chose an ounce, just for the hell of it. An ounce of almonds, let's see what it is. I'm not saying that I eat an ounce of almonds. I was wondering if I introduced an ounce of almonds into my day, what would that constitute here? So an ounce of almonds has three grams of fiber, 5.9 grams of protein, 14.1 grams of fat, and 6.1 grams of carbohydrates. They tell us that almonds are a good source of protein, and yet protein is almost the least number. It's, if, if anything, they should just say, hey, it's a great source of fat. If you need fat in your life, this is the way to go. They should not go call this a good source of protein. And on, in fact, it's number two on this list. Almonds is number two on this list. And, I mean, the only thing lower than protein is fiber. But 6.1 grams of carbs, again, the carbs is higher than the protein, but they're telling us almonds are a great source of protein. On this same list, I'm not going to go through each one, okay? On this same list is milk. And milk, one cup of milk, is... No fiber, 
11.7 grams of fat, 4.8 grams of protein. I'm sorry. On this list at number six is milk. Now, I just put in a measurement of one cup. So one cup of milk has eight ounces, or I'm sorry, has eight grams of protein. It has 4.8 grams of fat. No fiber, but 11.7 grams of carbs. Again, this is number six on the list for high-protein foods. And the majority of this, the composition of milk is carbohydrates. Every item I'm going to tell you about is considered high-protein, yet the majority of the composition of that food is carbohydrates. Number seven on that list is lentils. Now, I wasn't sure what a measurement of lentils would be. I don't know how much... I don't eat lentils, so I don't know how much to choose as this this is a normal portion of lentils. I just put one ounce in there just to see the composition of one ounce. Again, number seven on this list for high-protein foods. One ounce of lentils has 6.9 grams of protein. It has almost no fat. So I'm just going to say zero. It's 0.3 grams. So we'll just call it zero. It has three grams of fiber. For one ounce of lentils, it has 17.9 grams of carbohydrates. And they call this a high-protein Food. Another item on this list is quinoa. It's number 10. A half a cup of quinoa is four grams of protein, 1.7 grams of fat, two and a half grams of fiber. 19.7 grams of carbohydrates. How the hell is this item on a food containing high protein list and it has more than four times the amount of carbohydrates than it has protein? Why? What is really going on here? How are we really being taught here? What is the truth of what Healthline.com is putting out here? Is it any wonder 
for the past few weeks, you've heard me say that you should question everything. Are you starting to understand what I'm trying to get you guys to see? It is my full intention to get to where I want to be by any means necessary. And I will pull you along with me, kicking and screaming if I have to, to get you to see the world exactly as it is. There are a lot of... There is so much evidence right now of biblical scriptures coming to life. But one above them all, there is absolutely no way you cannot see this in real life. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. There are people in this world that have plenty of money to make based on the food you eat, how sick it makes you, and the medication that will be given when you're sick and the side effects that that medication produces, the additional medication that you'll need to counteract the side effects, all will contribute. People who make money off of making sure you never understand what it is to actually be well. And people who make money off of the food you eat would never want you to truly understand what will make you well. Anything I find out, you will know. I have nothing to gain and nothing to lose if you choose not to listen to me. But you will know what I find out. And it is disgusting to see the world for what it is. It's all over the place. It's all around you. The fitness industry has a whole, as a whole has more to gain from you staying right where you are than they have for you to get to where you're going. If you ever realized that you can get to where you're going by simply balancing your nourishment, they would have nothing to gain from you. And most of it is our fault. We choose to stay with the knowledge that we have. This is what I understand. This is where I'm going to stay. And I'm not going to... I, I, I just, it's just easier this way. We ignore what seems too complicated or too uncomfortable. We ignore it. We think we're not ready for it. And yet the circles that we go in 
and the mood swings that we have. In that book, Unlock Your Macro Type by Christine Hronick, there's two questionnaires in there that you have to fill out to find out what your macro type is. And so many of the questions had me really thinking. Like, I, I just didn't know the answer. One of the questions in particular was something like, when you eat a meal that is high in carbohydrates, how, how do you feel after? And it was like, do you feel really tired? Do you feel really bloated? Do you feel like all these different things? And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't answer the question. I didn't know. And now I'm starting to think about it now. After I've taken it, I don't even remember what I put as the answer for that question. But as I have taken that survey, that questionnaire, I started to pay attention to some of the things that the questionnaire asked me. How does it feel to eat something high in carbohydrates? What do your, what do your body feel? At, does your, what does your body feel after that? And I noticed that a lot of the time I spend falling asleep after a carb-heavy meal. And one of those options was you feel lethargic. And I, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. But it, it has my eyes open paying attention to what food does to my body. And I'm not telling you that you should do all of this. Not by any means. Not by any means am I telling you to do everything that I'm doing. But I stand in front of this microphone every week to tell you what I'm doing. And it doesn't have to be you doing it. But you're going to know what I'm doing. You're going to know how it affects me. And you're going to know what the outcome is. That's what this podcast is all about. Complete transparency in everything I learn, everything I do to myself, good or bad, everything I learn, everything I experiment with. You know it all. And maybe you take some of the things that I've learned and you implement them in your life to see if it works for you as well. Here's the one thing I do know. Reading the book I've read will not do you any harm, even if you never implement it. It will open your eyes to understand that the composition of the food is probably the most important of them all. Because as the author of the book said, you can't compete with what you eat. And I think that was my favorite line in the whole book. You can't compete with what you eat. I still have much to learn from this book. And as I begin to implement its rules into my life, I'm going to take this few weeks, I'm going to create that baseline, and I'm going to see how everything I've eaten, exactly how I've eaten it, how it affected my journey. I'm going to track it exactly as it is. I'm even going as detailed as to weigh the fruit to find out. Because if you weigh the fruit, 
you understand the fruit's true composition, it's going to be a lot harder to implement changes in my life than I ever thought it would be. But no matter what, I'm going to get through it. And you'll either come with me or you'll walk away and say, he's freaking nuts. But you'll know what I went through in the process. Look, do I sit at this microphone week after week and pretend to have all the answers? Not by any means whatsoever. I could literally be completely wrong with every food item I spoke about today, and there could be some mysterious loophole I do not yet know about. But how do I get the answers to questions I never ask? If you never learn anything from me ever again, just learn this and you will be okay. Learn to ask the questions that will give you answers that make you uncomfortable. If you can learn this, you will be okay. Because in reality, after all is said and done, the magic we are all looking for is in the work we are not doing. And for some of us, that's actually education. What we really need to do more than anything else is educate ourselves on what the body actually needs nutritionally and not what we need to please our tongue. Now, for some of you listening to me right now, you've been to the top. You know what it feels like to hit your goal. And you know what? Maybe you came up on some hard times and you dropped a little bit and you're trying to get back to the top. And no matter what you do, you can't get back there. Maybe education is the way you need to go. And then other people out there, you're just like me. You've never been to the top. And you know what? You've gotten so far and maybe you've got under 50 pounds to lose. And you feel closer than you've ever felt in your life. Maybe education will get you the rest of the way there. And maybe there's some of you out there that are just fed up with mediocrity. And you're fed up with going around in circles over and over and over again. And you just want to have some semblance of success. Maybe, just maybe, education is the way you need to get out of the mediocrity you're stuck in. It cannot hurt you to have education to get out of this. But it's up to you. You gotta want it. You gotta ask the questions that will give you the answers that make you uncomfortable. Because to get to where you wanna be, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That is the only way to get to the top. Become comfortable being uncomfortable. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.